SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time on this glorious Monday morning. We'll open up the phones again here in a little bit at 844-843-6879. We got our poll question up and running, and that is who was the worst performance yesterday? And uh, you had a lot to actually choose from. We had the limited to four. Uh, right now, we got the uh, Jets leading the way at 45%. We had the, boom, there goes my light. Uh, the the uh, Packers at 28%. We got the Browns at 20%. And then we have the uh, proverbial other uh, at 6%. And uh, get your vote in at Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. And we'll update that a couple of times before we are through. Uh, we'll run down the NFL with the storylines from yesterday. Green Bay annihilated Tampa Bay, or uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay, my bad. Tampa Bay annihilated Green Bay 38-10, to 10, spotting uh, the Packers a 10-0 lead, but 38 unanswered points. Uh, Tom Brady throws for two scores. Gronk gets his first touchdown in a Bucks uniform. Uh, they win it going away, handing the uh, Packers their first loss. So now we are down to three. Three undefeated teams for Dolphin fans uh, to have to worry about. And speaking of the Dolphins, you know what? Maybe for the first time in a long, long time, we can worry about the, what's going on currently with our Dolphins. Not one from uh, 50 years ago. As the Dolphins improved to 3-3, three and three, shut out the Jets 24-0. Tua makes an appearance for the first time. How about that? Played the final two and a half minutes uh, for Tua. Actually threw a pass. Uh, and uh, was two for two, as a matter of fact, in his throws as uh, he would end up going back on the field, kind of like a little symbolic gesture, sat there after the game was well over and just kind of reflected on life, you know, which is amazing to me because, you know, he did play at Alabama. You know, it's not like he played at Alabama Tech. I mean, he, he you know, played at the number one college football program in America, playing in national championships, coming off the bench to win one. You know, playing in another. I mean, I, I wouldn't think he would be that, you know, overwhelmed about, uh, you know, playing in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins, no less. But uh, he, he was clearly uh, the Adam Gase watch on. Although, again, I don't think he's going to get fired. I really don't. But uh, they didn't do any justice for him yesterday. Tennessee, a great win over Houston. Uh, Chicago improves to 5-1. and one. Nice, nice road win at Carolina. We'll take a break. And then, of course, we got the baseball stuff to get to. All coming up right here. Big with Bad Beats on a Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Towering fly ball. The Dodgers come from behind in the series. They come from behind in Game 7, and they win the National League pennant.
For the third time in four years, the Dodgers are going to the World Series. Fox Sports with the call last night as the Dodgers finish off the Atlanta Braves and make the 3-1 series comeback complete. 4-3 is your final game goes under. Who cares? Dodgers win. And uh, Major League Baseball set with a World Series of L.A. versus Tampa Bay. Boy, you couldn't get two teams further apart, right? Uh, maybe San Francisco, but uh, not that it's going to matter. They're playing down in, Wash- or, uh, down in uh, Texas, but still. Uh, Dodgers win, and uh, they are a minus 210 favorite on FanDuel over Tampa Bay, which is uh, getting back only 165. A monster little big there, 45 points. Uh, Dodgers win it thanks to a Cody Bellinger solo home run in the seventh inning, although really this this game turned in the fourth inning. Braves led 2-0. Dodgers scored two to tie. Braves go back on top 3-2 in the fourth inning, and they got runners on second and third, no out. They're looking to blow this thing open, already scoring one run. Grounds it to the third baseman. Runner on third. Dansby breaks for home. He's thrown out easily. Runner on second breaks for third. He's thrown out easily. And the Braves end up not scoring anymore. In an inning in which they looked like they were going to get at least one more. I mean, second and third, nobody out. You know, the chances are you're going to get at least one, if not two. And again, maybe you blow the whole thing open and the and the game implodes. But instead, you know, the Braves walk out of that inning with a 3-2 lead, but they had the field demoralized knowing it could have been a lot, lot more. And uh, lo and behold, Kiki Hernandez, pinch hit, sixth inning home run, ties the game at three. Cody Bellinger, a two-run shot, uh, or excuse me, a two-out shot uh, in the seventh inning, gave them the 4-3 lead, and uh, the Dodgers' bullpen took over from there as uh, Julio Reyes uh, got the final nine outs, final 11. In fact, the Atlanta Braves batters made out, so they didn't even put up a fight. Uh, Corey Seager sets the uh, National League Championship record with five homers, 11 RBIs. He was named the series MVP, if that's worth anything. Bottom line is Dodgers going to the World Series for the 21st time, third time in four years. Remember, they lost to the Astros. They lost to the Red Sox. Uh, let's see what happens against Tampa Bay. They are monster favorites for sure. But tough, tough, tough loss if you're a Braves fan. You're leading it three games to one, obviously. You're leading it 2 nothing. You're leading it 3-2. Look like you're going to blow the whole thing open. Uh, you had your best pitchers, Max Fried and Ian Anderson, on, on basically full rest uh, for games six and seven. And uh, not that either one pitched particularly bad, but you couldn't get the win. That's the bottom line. You had, you know, if you want to throw, you know, uh, um, you know, Clayton Kershaw under the bus for not pitching horribly but not winning, then you got to do the same thing with these two guys. They didn't pitch horribly either game, but they didn't get the win. You know, you tell the Braves that you have your two best pitchers in game six and seven, needed just one win. You know, you take that a zillion times, and they it just it didn't come through for them. So tough loss for the Braves. Battle of two franchises. They got more negative history come playoff time than positive history. And uh, the Dodgers prevail. So I'm not sure how many people are going to go out of their way to watch Dodgers Tampa Bay. Um, you know, uh, some, I suppose, uh, depending on when these games are actually going to be played, since there'll be nothing else going on. But uh, it is what it is. A tough weekend for Atlanta uh, sports fans. The Braves blow it. You know, Georgia loses to Alabama and they get annihilated. What a disappointing loss for Georgia fans. Uh, that, that is just embarrassing. Georgia Tech gets blasted by Clemson, 73-7. to I mean, outside of the Falcons win yesterday, uh, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to cheer about if you're an Atlanta sports fan this weekend. So uh, Dodgers do win. All right, NFL, as we always do on Mondays, let's run down every single game, and I'll give you my uh, thoughts 
on uh, some of the quirks and quips of uh, the contest. We'll start right from the top. Uh, Tennessee beat Houston 42-36. Uh, uh, Titans improved to 5-0. Texans fall to 1-5. Uh, Tennessee plays Pittsburgh next week, so a battle of 5-0 teams. You know, believe it or not, this is only the sixth time in NFL history two 5-0 teams are going to meet, uh, which is a little surprising to me. You would have thought, you know, in you know 50-plus years of football, heck, 75-plus years of football would have been uh, more than that, but uh, that that's the case. Uh, bottom line is Texans trailing early, grab the lead. They score a touchdown, go up seven, a minute 50 left. Uh, instead of going for the one-point conversion. And no, they had missed one earlier. You know, they kick the extra point, they go up eight. But instead, they go for two, try and push it to a nine-point lead, which would all intents and purposes end the game. They don't get it. That leaves the door open for Tennessee, which comes right down the field. And a little touchdown pass with four seconds left from seven yards out to A.J. Brown. That ties the game. They go to overtime. They win the coin toss. Right down the field they go. Derrick Henry scores, and Tennessee wins and covers, oh, by the way, 42-36. Romeo Cornell, interim head coach, getting criticized for going for two in that spot for Houston. I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. In fact, I actually like it. His team has put 36 points on the board. They haven't been stopped in the second half. You got the Sean Watson. You got a dual threat. Are they going to run? They're going to throw. The guy was wide open in the end zone, except the ball was just batted down to the line of scrimmage. So, But I don't have a problem with it. You get the you know, two points and you win the game. And I have no problem with the, them uh, going for it. In the case of Tennessee, this is a great example of their star players. You know, Come crunch time, you need your star players to step up. Best wide receiver, A.J. Brown, catches the touchdown pass to tie the game. Best running back, obviously, Derrick Henry, rumbles in overtime all the way down the field and ends up scoring a game winner. Ran for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Second straight game, he's run for 200 yards against the Texans in that so-called vaunted uh, you know, Texans defense. And uh, and they win at 42-36, and like I said, get the cover as well. So no problem whatsoever, though, with the, te- uh, with the Texans trying to uh, win it, uh, going for two. Uh, it, it just didn't happen. Baltimore held on to beat Philadelphia 30-28. Ravens now 5-1. Eagles fall to 1-4-1. They got the Giants next week. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws and runs for 100 yards again. Two touchdowns. Ran for 108. Uh, Passed for 186. And Baltimore was really cruising in this game. It was 24-6, you know, midway through the third quarter. And if you turned the TV set off and you went back, you know, you found yourself watching a close game, one-score game. Philadelphia does score. Uh, as they march right down the field, they were down eight with about a buck fifty left, and uh, boom, they they marched right down the field. They scored, uh, needed the two point conversion, but they could not convert and end up losing by two. You know, I I watched some of the post game and I, and I didn't hear the explanation. I'll have to go back later on today when more stuff is posted online. But Philadelphia didn't kick any extra points the whole day. Uh, their field goal kicker, Elliott, did miss one field goal as well. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if just a philosophy for some reason, but down 17-0, they score a touchdown to make it 17-6, and they go for two. They don't get it. Now, to be fair, they did go for two the next time, and they did get it. So it kind of balanced itself out, and then they actually scored again and went for two and got it again. So they were 2-1 and one on two-point conversions heading into that final drive, which means they actually gained themselves a point. So I'm not going to go crazy about how going for two cost them really in the end. But I, I will tell you, I don't quite get it. I don't know why they would be going for two. Again, unless their field goal kicker is hurt. But if that's the case, then you know how the heck are you going into a game with a field goal kicker that's hurt and a game that figures to be a close game, right? I mean, you got to bring somebody else in there. Didn't make any sense to me. 
Uh, you know, especially down 17-6 early on. I mean, if, if your philosophy is to go for two, you know, why why would you do it then? You know, maybe maybe once the, the game is underway, or I, I don't know. That made no sense to me. Uh, and it ended up not necessarily costing them, but the one time they, you know, maybe it did in that, you know, there's only so many plays you could run at the two-yard line before, the, you know, the opposition, in this case the Ravens, has a sense of, okay, what you want to do and what you like to do. So having run three two-point conversions already, heading into that last two-point conversion, maybe in the end that really did cost the Philadelphia Eagles. So they lose it 30-28 as the Ravens nearly pissed this one away, but they come away with the victory. 19th straight game, they extend their NFL record, forcing a turnover. Eagles with an NFL high 12 turnovers already this year. Wow. Uh, Atlanta knocked off Minnesota 40-23. Uh, my guy Raheem Morris, who used to play at Hofstra, which you used to do a little play-by-play, took over for uh, Dan Quinn, who also used to coach at Hofstra. Um, he gets the win the first time out. You got to love that coach's fired system. Came through again, came through two weeks ago with Houston winning, and it came through again yesterday as uh, Atlanta really wins this one from start to finish. Kirk Cousins, awful for three quarters, throws three picks in the first half. This one was over 20 to nothing at halftime for Atlanta. All right, quick break, then we'll come back and run down to all the other games right here. We'll update all the trends we gave out on Friday as well. Bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Radio Network with the call as Atlanta does beat Minnesota 40-23. Bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning. Scott Wetzel taking it to 7 a.m. Eastern time as we always do. Yep, Atlanta wins it as uh, our guy Raheem Morris of the uh, Hofstra Connection continuing in Atlanta uh, gets the win in his uh, debut with the Falcons as head coach. Remember, he used to be head coach with uh, Tampa Bay. Really, there wasn't necessarily a turning point. I mean, listen, you go to first play from scrimmage, Kirk Cousins. Uh, first series, anyway, throws an interception. Uh, but it was 10 nothing Atlanta and Minnesota driving. They had a fourth and goal at the Atlanta one-yard line. They were stopped. Uh, and then for all intents and purposes, that was it. Cousins throws three picks in the first half. I mean, he was just atrocious. They just gave this guy a two-year, $66 million extension as well. I mean, if you, you know, Kirk Cousins can talk all he want about being benched after the game if he continues to throw interceptions like this. He's got 10 already this year. Only had six last season in all, and he's already got ten. Uh, you know what? He 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 may be getting benched, but I kind of doubt it. Not not when they got that kind of commitment. And you know what? 
trying to make chicken soup out of chicken you-know-what. I mean, Kirk Cousins stunk in Michigan State. Kirk Cousins stunk at Washington. And Kirk Cousins has stunk in Minnesota. I don't care how much money you throw at Kirk Cousins. He's still going to stink. S-T-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-
Get us back in the freaking football game, will you? And then that's when the, that's when the Colts basically took off. That's when it occurred. Uh, they fell behind 14 up. I think it was 21 7. Uh, and then, uh, you know, go ahead and throw, throw, and, and throw they did in the Colts defense. And by the way, don't tell me about this vaunted Colts defense anymore, okay, please? You know, they gave up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown in the first half. I know it did improve a little bit in the second half, but they, just, they still gave up a ton of yards to a Bungles offense, which, you know, really is not exactly great, led by the rookie quarterback, who eventually will be good, but he's not right now. So don't tell me about how great this Colts, offense, or, uh, Colts defense is, as we've been hearing about over the last uh, few weeks. But ultimately, they get the win. Uh, Bengals now 0-16-1 their last 17 road games. Uh, speaking of road uh, games, how about Detroit knocking off Jacksonville 34-16? Lions improved to 2-3. and three. Jags fall to 1-5. Fifth straight game, the Jaguars have given up 30 or more points. Boy, their defense is atrocious. All losses after opening the season with a nice win against the Colts. Uh, they have lost five in a row. And uh, there doesn't seem to be too much hope. I, I tell you, you know, Lions' first two possessions, it was 14-0. It was 17-3. And you're just waiting for the shoe to drop, right? We, we've seen it a gazillion times with this Lions team. Jump out to the early lead. And, you know, you just know that there's a whole second half or whatever left of football. And uh, for one game anyway, they did not collapse. They end up winning at Stafford throws for 223, only one touchdown, not too bad. Jaguars set an NFL record. They did something yesterday no team has ever done, and that is they used their fifth different kicker. Yep, uh, five straight games with five different kickers. How about that? No team has ever done that. Now, of course, as I got to plug in my plug here, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, is obviously not a good thing. Not, nothing really to be proud of, but uh, five different kickers. They used a kicker yesterday that's never kicked in an NFL game before. They used a kicker yesterday that's never kicked in a college game before. They used a kicker. I think his last kick was back in high school. You know, that's how desperate the, uh, the Jaguars have become. Uh, with their field goal kicker. DeAndre Swift runs for uh, 100 yards and two scores, becomes the first Lions running back, rookie running back, to do that since uh, 1989. So uh, good job by uh, Gardner Minshew, 243, one touchdown and, and, uh, and one interception. That Minshew mania that we heard so much about last year and in uh, the beginning of the season this year, that's, that's all but dead. Um, 34-16, Jags take on the Chargers next week. Detroit takes on Atlanta, you know, so the Lions got themselves a chance. As bad as this season has been for Detroit, you know, if you find a way to win at Atlanta, you know, you, all of a sudden now you're three and three, you know, kind of like the Dolphins and, and your, your season is uh, on the uptick. Nice road win by the Bears. I tell you, road teams had a decent job yesterday. Um, Bears, one of the road winners, a knockoff Carolina 23-16. And, uh, you know, uh, they jumped out to a good start, uh, did, did Chicago. Uh, they're now 3-0, by the way, on the road. And, uh, you know, the uh, Panthers had the football, a chance to tie the game late, uh, but uh, the Bears' defense comes up big. Teddy Bridgewater incomplete on a long pass on fourth and two. Not sure why he was throwing it so deep, but uh, the Bears win. Cole Komet, Notre Dame tight end, gets his first touchdown reception to, to cap off the Bears' first drive. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, that came after a bad pass by Bridgewater that was picked off that to set up the Bears right away. So first a couple of minutes of the game, it was 7-0 Bears. And uh, that kind of like prevailed throughout the game. They were always seemingly one step ahead of Carolina, uh, which was trying to go to 4-2. and two. Gave you a good trend, which we'll go over here in a second, about how teams that are coming off back-to-back -back upset wins 
generally don't win that next game out, and that was the case here. So Chicago with Nick Foles kind of settling in, throwing for about 200 yards yesterday, touchdown pass. Um, and he thought of Trubisky coming back. You know, that that's probably gone. And, uh, oh, by the way, you know, if, if you listen to yours truly, you should be sitting on a Tennessee Titans, 5-0 and Titans team, by the way, Super Bowl ticket at about 50-1, to or at least 30-1. to And you should be sitting on a 5-1 and Chicago Bears Super Bowl ticket at about 50-1. to uh, how, how nice do those tickets look right now? Giants get their first win, 20-19 over Washington. Uh, first win for uh, head coach uh, Joe Judge coming over from New England. That's obviously off-season storyline there. Washington scores with 30 seconds or so left. They decide to go for two rather than tie, send the game to overtime. They don't convert, and uh, the Giants get their first win. Giants' red zone struggles, though, continue. 15 trips in the red zone, only five touchdowns. That is not good, although they got one. Yeah, uh, with about three and a half minutes left, so uh, they they came away with the uh, the one point win there. So uh, teams battling for that uh, worst record are now behind the uh, New York Jets. We'll get to that game in a sec. Denver knocks off New England, and one of the surprises, another road winner, eighteen to twelve. Um, Drew Locke returned, didn't play particularly well, but uh, you know what? The Broncos get the win despite kicking just uh, or kicking six field goals, five field goals, uh, no, no six field goals, no touchdowns. Um, and the uh, New England Patriots are two and three. You have to go back to their Super Bowl year of 2001-2, the last time the Patriots, after five games, were two and three. How about that? And how about the uh, beloved Miami Dolphins at three and three are actually ahead of the Patriots in the standings after five games? Wow. Talk about that. Finish up the NFL next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. past the hour. Scott Wessel taking it right up until the top of the hour. Poll question is out. Worst performance Sunday was Jets continue to lead the way 70, uh, 
24-7. Uh, Packers and Browns tied at 24%, and then the uh, proverbial other getting a uh, 4% of the vote. We'll update that one more time before uh, we are through. All right, uh, let's go back to the NFL slate of things. We last left you off with uh, Denver beating New England 18-12. to By the way, uh, it's only the uh, second time that Bill Belichick has lost at home uh, when the opposing team's quarterback has thrown two interceptions. Is that possible? You know, I, I heard that yesterday on TV. Now, they haven't lost a lot of times at home, so I, I bet you could count on two hands how many times a Bill Belichick team has lost at home. Literally, I, I, I bet it's about like 15 times. So you probably can come up with a bunch of those things, but uh, uh, that was a bad, bad, bad loss. I, I wonder how many times Belichick has lost at home for a team – uh, that it didn't score a touchdown, you know, six field goals. But uh, Patriots actually had a chance to win it, but uh, uh, not to be as they uh, could not uh, get the football into the end zone. So uh, both teams now two and three. All right, Pittsburgh annihilates the Browns 38 to seven. Well, the Browns back to being the Browns. I did not understand. Now, I, I look, you know, this is where sometimes knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Pittsburgh did have some issues on the offensive line, which is, you know, not to be you know, taken lightly. So one guy, DeCastro, didn't play. There were a couple of others that you weren't sure if they were going to play or not. So I thought that's why the line was dropping, opened up at four, went down to three and a half, then three by game time. And I'm like, who is – it's the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's amazing. There are certain teams in all sports that the public, boys in Vegas, whatever, want to be successful. Uh, the Dallas Cowgirls in the NFC clearly – and the Cleveland Browns, for whatever reason, in the AFC. This is not a great Browns team. Baker Mayfield stinks. He, he really is not good. If you watch Browns games, he can't throw the football. You, you tell him to drop back and pass, he just can't do it. The only way he has success, if he drops back to pass and scrambles around and throws on the run. And quite frankly, he's not a good quarterback throwing on the run. This is not like college football where these wide receivers get wide open and he can hit them. He, he, he's not good on the run. He's not good in the pocket. He can't see over the uh, defensive line. He's not that good, and he's not brutal, but he, he really, you know, it's amazing how the Browns and Cowgirls are, are so similar in that they supposedly have good defenses, but the defenses stink, and they have all these weapons on offense, right, whether it's Landry, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, who I know was injured, uh, you know, but they got Kareem Hunt. I mean, they got a gazillion guys on offense, yet they're, they're a mediocre football team. I mean, they are identical. They really are to the Dallas Cowboys. They get blitzed yesterday, 38-7 to does Cleveland. Baker Mayfield benched in the first half, uh, or for the second half, rather, uh, was, was 10 of 18 for 119 yards, one, inter uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, he had a pick six that, you know, you know, blew the game open, if you will. You know, they made it 10-0, and, and, and that was really it. I mean, the Browns just never showed up. 17 straight home win for Pittsburgh over Cleveland. Uh, the Claypool kid out of Notre Dame did uh, well again, had another touchdown, so he now has five and two games. Uh, the only bad news is for Pittsburgh is linebacker Devin Bush uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury, and that's big. That's real big. He's, he's one of their leaders on defense calls, the signals and everything else, so uh, that's a huge blow. But uh, what a Browns just did, you talk about being uh, put on the main stage and just falling flat on their face, and that was it. They fought to four and two. They get the bungles next week, so uh, they beat the crap out of uh, the first time they played them. So they get a chance to get right back on it at five and two. But uh, we'll see what happens with Cleveland. They, you know, they, they've shown they can't beat the good teams, and uh, maybe they can beat some of these mediocre teams. Uh, but Pittsburgh showed for sure they are in just a complete different class 
Pittsburgh, as I mentioned earlier, plays Tennessee, and the Browns play uh, at Cincinnati. Dolphins beat up the Jets 24-0 in a game that wasn't even that close. I, I tell you what, I've watched a lot of football, but um, I can't remember watching an offense and a team. The Jets' defense wasn't too bad, but a Jets' offense was that was as putrid as it was yesterday. I mean, they, they it took them the fourth quarter before they converted on a third down. Think about that. Uh, Dolphins didn't convert on a third down either until the fourth quarter. You know, I think they set an NFL record, believe it or not, 0 for 20. They were combined third down. They didn't convert their first third uh, first down on a third down. Now, you know, they got first downs on second down and first down, but not on third. Uh, a little quirky, but they didn't get it until the fourth quarter. Uh, but that Jets offense was just awful. And Flacco was brutal until maybe the final drive or so. Um yeah, you know, he was nine of nineteen in the first half for fifty-nine yards. <laughs> I mean, he was bad. There is just nobody on that Jet team. Uh, not that Le'Veon Bell would have made that big a difference, but I don't know if that team's going to win a football game. Now, Darnold was out again, and and Flacco played, and and Flacco, you know, to his not credit, but when you watch the Jets' offense and you watch that Jets team. There is, they are just like flatline. You know, it's like, you know, the show I used to be on, you know, when I was over the three letter network, just absolutely flatline everybody, right? You know, I mean, it just, there's no emotion. There's no rah rah. You know, you know, say what you want about Baker Mayfield, but at least he gets in people's faces and he gets the team pumped up and everything. You know, that's not Flacco. You know, Flacco was the same way winning a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. That's why I can't necessarily blame him. He's just a flatliner. He's got, you know, personality zero, just he's there. So if you're looking for him for inspiration, Jet fans and Jet players, you're looking at the wrong source. It's not going to happen. So when the Jets are playing as poorly as they played yesterday, and then you see Flacco, you know, deadpan the whole game, it just looks that much worse. It really does. And, and he was brutal. I told you about Adam Gase's numbers before. He's now 30 and 40 as a head coach with the Dolphins and Jets combined. 31 of his 40 losses have come by double digits. 31 out of 40 and six of those by 20 points or more in a league in which stresses. Now, yesterday was a little anomaly because there were a lot of blowouts yesterday, but in a league which stresses one possession games, you know, even Tennessee, one possession game, Baltimore, one possession game, Indy, one possession, Bears, one possession, Giants, one possession, Denver, one possession. Um, 49ers last night, one possession. So seven of the games, which really normally that's around nine or ten. Uh, but in a league that, you know, uh, you know, encourages, we'll say, one possession games, the fact that he has lost 31 of his 40 losses by double digits really is amazing. He is not a good head coach. I, I did feel sorry for him, though, yesterday. I, I got to tell you, you know, for a guy that doesn't necessarily have a dog in the fight, um, you know, he didn't, uh, you know, decimate our franchise as head coach of the, of the Dolphins had some glimpses there. You know, the one year at Tannehill got hurt, kind of ruined, what probably was their best team. Uh, I didn't think he was, you know, uh, head coach caliber, but the Jets wanted to hire him. So knock yourself out. But they were showing him and he was looking up in the air and anyway, they showed him sitting down on the bench all by himself. I mean, it's almost like CBS went out of their way to just kind of show how aloof this guy can be. So I, I'm curious to see what the uh, the Daily Rags will show today. I'm guessing something about Gaze getting fired. And again, I really don't think he's going to get fired. I, I just don't know why would you at this point, right? I mean, honestly, if you – and I know a lot of Jet fans around here, and they say fire him, fire him, fire him, and I tell them, what, what for? All right, you're 0-6 now. Wait, you think you're going to make the playoffs? All right, so at this point, the goal isn't making the playoffs. 
The goal is, you know, if you even if you believe in Sam Darnold, the goal is to get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. You know, and, and even if you believe in Darnold, you could grab that number one pick and boy, you could sell that for two, three, four first rounders. I'm sure the way people are talking about Lawrence. So why trade or why fire Gaze now and actually, you know, screw things up and win some games? You, you might as well tell Gaze to finish out the year. Go ahead, brother. You're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah keep it up. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. You're doing a nice job, you know. You just don't want to finish winless. That's the only thing. You know, there, there is a certain, you know, embarrassment level uh, when you go 0-16. You know, the Lions did it a couple of years ago. They still haven't recovered. You know, you, you really don't want to go uh, 0-6 or 0-16. Uh, but you know what? I don't think they're going to have much choice. I don't see any wins on their schedule. I, I You know, uh, not, forget their schedule, just the way they play. They, they can be playing Topeka high and they're not going to win. Frank Gore running back. You feel bad for him. He called out the Jets after the game. You know, th this is a great example of how bad things are with the Jets, right? You got a running back who, you know, barely plays. He's going to be the team leader. He's been on the team one stinking year, and he's the one that's calling everybody out. Not any of the veterans, not Flacco, not any of the other veterans. Um, you know, it, it's, the, it's the sparse running back who's been with the club one year. He's calling everybody out. And two, your head coach is asked after the game about some comments the defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, made earlier in the week about how the Jets' defense you know, he insinuated that the Jets' defense is doing a pretty good job, and you got to blame the Jets' offense for uh, putting the defense back on the field so often, which is, you know, probably the case. But they asked Gaze about that after the game. Now, this was a comment that Gaze had made earlier in the week that just got revealed, I suppose. So, to me, if I'm Adam Gaze and my team just got its ass embarrassed, twenty-four nothing. I'm asked about a I'm asked a question like that. I'm, I'm saying I don't care about that. that. That was that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What do I care? Um, my team just got blitzed twenty four nothing. Next question. You know, you just blow it off. You, you know, you don't even give it the time of day. No big deal. Whatever. Fine. He said that his defense is playing a little bit better. It is. So boom. I'm the head coach. It's my defense. He may be the coordinator, but you know, what do I care? Right. Move on. So instead of doing that. Gaze actually acknowledges the quote and says he's disappointed with it. You know, we're all in this together, blah, 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 blah. And you just feed fuel to the fire. He, he doesn't know how to handle the media. He just doesn't. You know, for a guy who's been head coach for, you know, what, six, seven years now between the Jets and, and Dolphins, he really is not media savvy at all, at all. I mean, you, you don't give that the light of day. You don't have to be a Belichick, but you don't actually acknowledge the quote and talk about the quote and how disappointed you are in the quote because now they're going to go back to Greg Williams and, and they're going to ask, hey, Greg, you know what? The head coach said he was disappointed in what you said. What do you think? And now you're going to have this internal rift. I, I mean, you, you got to nip that in the bud and just say, move on. But anyway, Dolphins win 24-zip. Tua does play uh, final two and a half minutes. Uh, first appearance on the field uh, was two for two after the game, went on the field, sat at the 15-yard line and kind of just a little reminiscing on what it was. Took some selfies, and I guess he was going to send it off to his parents. So uh, good job by Tua. Uh, Tampa Bay, 38-10 to 10 over Green Bay. We've talked in length about that. Aaron Rodgers, two interceptions. Packers jump out to a quick 10-0 lead. A pick six by him. Made it 10-7. Uh, to 7. It really changed the complexion of the game. Next drive, another Aaron Rodgers interception. Gave Tampa Bay the football inside the Packer five. A play or two later, they scored. And all of a sudden, a 10-0 lead was wiped off the board. It was 14-10. And uh, just like that, uh, Tampa Bay was on its way. So uh, they improved to four and two. And then last night, the uh, 49ers beat the Rams at 24 16. Disappointing the Rams. I, I liked the Rams a lot in that game. I got to be honest, as I always am. And uh, you know what? Uh, it didn't happen. Jimmy G threw for three touchdowns, 268 yards, 
as bad as the Niners were last week against the Dolphins, they were nearly as good this week against the Rams. So, you know, the Rams want to be really serious contenders. They got to find a way to win that football game. That Niners team was really not that good. So uh, 24-16, San Fran gets the victory. Two NFL games today. We'll run down uh, the uh, Vegas stuff and uh, the trends that we gave you on Friday. I'll let you know how they turned out as well. All that's coming up right here. Vegas and Bad Beats on Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Lucy, little I love Lucy there. How about that? All right, let's up that our poll question one more time <clears throat> before we are through here. Worst performance yesterday was uh, Jets leading the way at 47%, Packers 27, Browns 22, and uh, the proverbial other getting a three and a half percent of the vote. Kirk Cousins, one of the suggestions there. Uh, Johnny Rose Beef says that we need more Monday night doubleheaders, uh, Scott, from now on. It's great. Yep, we got two tonight, five o'clock start. You got Kansas City at Buffalo. Chef's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And then you got Arizona as a one-point favorite at Dallas starting at the 8-15. I'm not sure what they would do if that first game ran long. I don't know. that That's going to be televised by Fox. And then uh, the four-letter network has the Arizona-Dallas game. Would they start that game e- either way? Uh, there seems to be enough of a buffer there, you know, three hours and 15 minutes. But, eh, you know, you, you never know. You know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world uh, for that first game to go a little bit longer, especially with all the points that figure to be scored. So we'll see. I'm not sure why Dallas and Arizona, uh, you know, Arizona one-point favorite maybe pick them in some circles. But I do love the over in that game, 55. Boy, I, I don't know how, you know, the drop-off again. Uh, for Andy Dalton from Dak Prescott is not going to be great, folks. You're going to end that Dallas defense still sucks. So take your pick, either Dallas or the over. I'll officially say give me the over because I do think they're going to be points on on the football. Uh, favorites yesterday, NFL only seven and five straight up, four and eight against the spread. And uh, the boys in Vegas, FanDuel, kind of got their revenge a little bit on these over unders. We've had a rash of overs, but only four and eight yesterday. So. You got two monster over-under numbers as well. So eventually these numbers are going to come down just a little bit. Uh, your bad beats, uh, I told you the Redskins-Giants game looked like it was going to go over, but Skins go for two. They don't get it, so it goes under. Uh, and Atlanta-Minnesota combined for three touchdowns in the final three and a half minutes, and that game goes over. And the bad one over the weekend, oh, our, our beloved Kansas Jayhawks return to kickoff back with two minutes left, first time in about 100 years, and that game goes over to all on beautiful thing. Great job by the phone callers, emails, and tweets. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll talk to you about it tomorrow right here. Biggest of Bad Beats is coming.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.